0: Today's episode is brought to you by Alexandra Park BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a full-contact martial art and combat sport that was developed in Brazil in the 20th century. With roots in Judo and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, has been developed and refined into a unique grappling art with the aim to allow a smaller and weaker individual to beat a bigger and stronger opponent with the application of proper technique. Based in Moswell Hill, North London, Alexandra Park BJJ's classes are designed so that you can develop your fitness levels, balance, coordination and flexibility in a no-pressure environment and to provide the opportunity to start a new sport at a reasonable price. At Alexandra Park BJJ, we aim to be inclusive so that everyone can benefit from this incredible art, not just the athletic or ultra-competitive. To book your free class, head over to alexandraparkbjj.co.uk or email inquiries at alexandraparkbjj.co.uk
1: audiobookish an audiobook review and discussion podcast looking at audiobooks both big and small as well as radio plays narrative podcasts anything audiobook-ish this podcast may contain spoilers rants curse words mispronunciations of names and places and more
0: Hello, everybody. You're listening to Audiobookish. My name's Fahed Rahman, and as always, I'm joined by Poppy Knight. Hello. And today we will be discussing The Doctor's Wife by Daniel Hurst. Um, I just want to give uh, a quick thank you to Jess Mm -hmm. from Bookature for sending us the advance review copy for this one. Poppy, do you want to read out the blurb?
1: Yes. So, The Doctor's Wife by Daniel Hurst, narrated by Sarah Durham and David Wayman. He thinks his secret is safe, but she knows the truth. My husband is a doctor. He's smart and charming, and everybody trusts him, except me. On the surface, it looks like I have it all. The perfect marriage, the perfect husband, the perfect life. But it's far from the truth. Dr Drew Devlin is not the respectable figure he makes out to be. The reason we moved to this beautiful old property with a gorgeous view of the sea was because we needed to put our past behind us. It should have been a fresh start for us both. Except I've discovered my husband has been lying to me again. He's using the power he has in his job to mess with people's lives and to get exactly what he wants, no matter who it hurts. But he's underestimated me. I've had plenty of time in this big, isolated house to think about all of his mistakes. And my husband has no idea what's about to happen next.
0: Okay, cool. So um, one of the kind of interesting things about the book was uh, the way it was laid out so it kind of had point of view chapters narrated <laughs> by different performers so you know as you mentioned Sarah Durham and David Wayman um, just generally how did you feel about kind of the way that the book was laid out and how that was used to kind of like tell the stories from like alternating points of view?
1: Yeah sure so I think it's definitely certainly vogue at the moment i feel like you get a lot of split perspectives um at the moment and i think in crime it can be really interesting because it's kind of what does one person know that another person doesn't know kind of thing and so that's definitely what it's used for here as you say in this blurb that the wife knows things that the husband doesn't think she knows and all this kind of stuff between the two of them i think personally for how it was used in this one i think it could have been used better. I think there are kind of times where they repeat the same kind of stuff that you heard in the last chapter from the other person's perspective. And a lot of the time, what that's used for is to give you kind of a different side to the story. And there are elements of that in here. But I think sometimes, certainly I felt, I wonder what you feel, that it was just kind of repeating it and sort of saying what you'd imagine already. So yeah, I think maybe the balance of those two perspectives which is a very difficult thing to do as a writer maybe needed a bit more honing in this particular example but I definitely think there is some interesting stuff to seeing you know the different characters side of it and how they see each other and their personalities a bit more by hearing it from them first person because that's what it is it's not just a third person narrative from these two perspectives it is first person so it's like both of these major players both of these characters are speaking to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, you kind of mentioned it being qu- kind of quite in vogue and use maybe fairly often like crime stories um, or thrillers. Um, like mm-hmm. One that kind of stands out to me is a book we reviewed a while back, which was True Crime Story, which I feel was like, mm. like back, you know, they use different perspectives to kind of like tell this story. And again, when you are... You know, it's kind of like the Rushman thing, kind of like having a different look at an event from different perspectives. There will mm, be, there will mm. ine- inevitably be some uh, like regurgitation, mm. um, but that that wasn't something that necessarily bothered me um, Fair, that yeah. much because I think the other thing that that the book does kind of quite interestingly is it when it does switch perspective, sometimes it will kind of uh, shift time frames as well sometimes yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. especially in um fern's chapter so we Mm -hmm. actually probably should introduce like the characters as well so then you know the main the main players in the the book are drew and fern who are married uh fern is the titular doctor's wife Mm -hmm. drew is having an affair with alice and alice's husband is rory and yeah so it's just kind of You know, the way that uh, Drew and Alice's affair kind of unfold, it does kind of occasionally shift timeframes and kind of, you know, what Fern knows about that affair also kind of like is revealed through shifting timeframes. I felt that was kind of quite um, clever as well.
1: Hmm. I've kind of wished because, okay, so I don't believe this is a spoiler because, you know, from the prologue that drew's dead yeah right yeah so you know that straight at the start um which yeah makes i find it interesting that this is how they've written the blurb and as well of what you get through a lot of the book. That's sort of it's building up tension as if you don't know he's going to get murdered
0: yeah
1: but you know straight away that he's been murdered so that for me was a bit interesting because it felt like it was trying to capitalize on some tension that sort of wasn't really there but um yeah so you know that and you go relatively chronologically until the murder happens and then there's a lot of the flashback stuff and I kind of wished it had been more interlaced you yeah, know what I mean okay, and so yeah, it was a sure. bit more kind of like of the behind than the back than the behind because it kind of felt like you got to that big point in the story and then you had a huge chunk of chapters that were just delaying okay, well, when will we finally find out what happens after his body's found, which was, you know, we knew from page one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I kind of felt that was a bit frustrating. But I do, again, with the split perspectives, I think there was some good stuff from it, and the technique was a good one to employ for this kind of book, for this story, for this genre. But I sort of feel like it needed finessing a bit more. It could have been used more cleverly kind of thing.
0: Yeah, especially kind of maybe towards the end of the book where it is kind of one character... Heavy? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, this is the first in like a trilogy. So there's three books mm. in this series. So, yeah, maybe that's the reason why he's chosen to tell mm. the story this way. Kind of like, you know, waiting for the, you know, insulating other characters. It might have worked maybe a little bit if there's another, maybe from Alice or like Rory's point of view. And those kind of all yeah. inter- mm-hmm. interlinked together. Kind of generally just on like the the performances. Mm, in this yeah. how did you find them?
1: I thought the performances were good I enjoyed them I definitely think the narrators kept me in this yeah. um and um Sarah Durham especially not I in she any was way so yeah I yeah was really not good. in any way to criticize David but I think she really stood out as being a particularly good narrator yeah. so yeah I was really impressed with her performance um, and really enjoyed it David I think he did a good performance and I did enjoy it one thing that I would criticise on his is that I'm pretty sure that's more of a Yorkshire accent than a Manchester accent. Yeah. And so that that took me out a bit, especially like, because I was sort of waiting for, okay, when's it going to say, you know, he moved to Manchester after university or for university yeah. or something like that. But it was when they were in the pub and Rory turns around and is like, is that a Manchester accent I hear? Yeah. When he's just been talking, I was like, well, not if it's coming from him, it's yeah. not, um, kind of thing. So yeah, that's, I don't know whether that's a a uh, narrator performance decision or a casting decision or or whatever slash uh, maybe slight gap you know there is a lot that floats around about kind of northern accent um and it's not yeah pinned down to the right region but um sarah's however was yeah very very manchester and really good and yeah maybe think about the the voices that we had in true crime story which is also set in manchester yeah. um with characters from there. So yeah, I I really enjoyed hers from all perspectives from kind of the the performances, the emphasis as well as the accent and stuff like that. And then yeah, you know, I really enjoyed David's as well, but I didn't think his voice or at least the accent he used was quite right for that character. Um and didn't quite stand out as much as Sarah's, but just because hers really did stand out.
0: Yeah, I mean like the yeah Sarah's performance I felt was was really strong um especially mm-hmm. like the the tempo of the way she performed mm. some of the um uh you know uh kind of, kind of scripts the wrong word but kind of, the way she kind of <laughs> performs some of the lines in the book mm. there's that points at where she was like hissing with rage right. and then kind of like mm. you know um you can kind of really tell uh in the sections where she's kind of emoting this kind of like really cold like resentment towards mm. um towards drew and then there's kind of like other bits where she's kind of like a little bit like more not not necessarily laid back but kind of like detached from what she's doing. Yeah. So, and I felt that mm-hmm. that was really good. And I just wanted to kind of pick up something that you were saying about David's performance. So, like, the note that I've got written down is uh North Face, which I think is kind of like, do you think that it was like a, a genuine, do you think he was from the North, or do you think he was a guy maybe putting on like a generic, well, yeah, I'm up, up, gonna go down pit, sort of like. Um, <laughs>
1: The impression I got is that I thought, um, but I could be wrong. I thought it was quite inaccurate, Yorkshire. Yeah. Um. uh because he he sounds like Matt Baker to me, like really similar mm, to Matt Baker. Mm. That was who I had in my head, kind of thing. Not that I think Matt Baker would be as um, unlikable a person as um, the character in here. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I. I. But I was trying to decide: Have they cast? a Yorkshire person thinking, oh, well, that's good enough. Um, Or have they cast a Southern person to do a Northern accent and they've just gone for the Northern accent that they can do quite well kind of thing. So, yeah. And I think looking at David Wayman's profile, it seems more likely it's the latter. And similarly, I think it's unlikely you'd have a Yorkshire person where that's their genuine accent doing that for a Mancunian part, right? And there obviously is... Issues around casting non-Northern narrators for Northern parts, partly kind of, yet yeah, the lack of availability for those roles. Still, even now, with different regional accents. And then also this, you know, for the listener experience, you run that risk of the accent not being authentic to the character. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a problem there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the one thing I would like to compliment on David's performance was he really kind of gets across how like drew is like a nice guy i'm just a really nice guy you know it's kind of like one of those like really you know slimy undercurrent of slimy Mm. two-faced kind of you know i'm just a nice guy i'm just trying to try to do the right thing and kind of like you know that sort of entitlement that is kind of like Yeah. yeah so i feel he really did a good job of like getting that across while Kind of also making it believable that Drew would be attractive to both right, um, yeah. Alice and Fern because in the wrong hands it, it it could have kind of because he is such like a despicable person it's oh, kind God, of a, yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of like it would be kind of like you do need to uh, humanize him is maybe the wrong word mm. but you need to kind of like give him a little bit of um something and he's got you know David's got quite a nice voice so yeah oh, so, lovely, and, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. So I would kind of yeah. say that as as well. No,
1: I think that's very interesting. And I think also this leads on to one of my biggest kind of takeaways from this was that he's he's really not a sympathetic character yeah. at all. Um and it's fine that you that you think that. I think you're very definitely meant to think that. And what I just found though, was that I think you could have gleaned a lot more about his character by inferring it but so much of it was stated, yeah. right? It it basically says in his first chapter, I'm a manipulative person who puts on this kind of charm thing to lure people in, but actually I'm just out for my own self-interests and I do have genuine affection for other people, but I still want them to kind of serve me in a relationship and I want people to treat me as powerful and want to be able to do what I want. He basically says that Yeah. And to me, like, it sounded like I was reading, well, maybe David's character notes. Yeah. You know, like when an actor does, you know, their, what's my motivations? Yeah. But who am I really? And psychoanalyzes the character. That's what I felt like I was hearing. And for me personally, I don't like when my books are too obvious. Yeah. You know, I prefer kind of like, so he does actions and he says things, and you're going to infer from them, okay, but actually, what he means by that is this, you know? Like, I kind of wanted to hear him lying to himself, saying, I just really care about her. And us very obviously, no, no, mate, you're doing that to serve your own self-interest. But he turns around and goes... But actually, I was doing that to serve my own self-interest. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. for me that that is yeah, not something I enjoy in my book. I like my books to be more; they show rather than tell. It's that classic yeah. phrase, isn't it? And this book definitely tells.
0: Yeah, I think especially with a character like Drew in in real life, they wouldn't have that level of like self-awareness.
1: Yeah, I don't think yeah, exactly. it's kind of like yeah. yeah so I
0: think here you know, yeah, him kind of I think it's, it's a a good point that you raised him kind of lying to himself and doing like weird mental gif- gymnastics to kind of justify like his behavior because like mm-hmm. what he does is absolutely completely mental. I mean, he kind of yeah. up- uproots his entire life to try and yeah. on the off chance that he's able to kind of reconnect with, you know, with Alice who's decided to to, to kind of like um end the effect. That might be slightly spoilery, but it's kind of like, what he does is absolutely completely mental and yeah. yeah so but anyway we were kind of like rewriting a different book <laughs> uh, anyway so <laughs> kind of um getting a little bit back uh, back
1: on yeah but i think even within those realms even if him being like that yeah i think i wanted a bit more of we build an impression of the character rather than have an impression of the character Forced upon us, yeah. Um, kind of thing is more what I'd want, and I think I don't think you get it quite as bad in ferns. I think there are some in ferns that have the same kind of thing where, like, she says something and then goes, and the reason I did that was because this, and you're like, well, yeah, we got that. Um, but I don't think it's quite as pronounced. And a bit of me while I was listening was wondering, like, is it because the author is trying to kind of make the voice for each of these two perspectives more distinct? Yeah. And is yeah. is he kind of giving a different voice to one of them to the other? Because I did feel for the most part, there was a real difference with Fern's sections. I enjoyed the writing of Fern's sections a lot more than I enjoyed the writing of Drew's sections. And I also felt there was a lot of like... um Really long sentences that you could tell David was sort of struggling to get to the end of, not just for holding the breath, but like, where does the pause go here? Where does the intonation go? And that's not really me criticizing David, because I think that's the writing of it, you know, and that's where really you want authors to read their work out loud you know because something can feel like it makes sense and you write it in a sentence and i'm really bad for long-winded sentences that just run on because i want to include all this information and it's all very important and i use a lot of like if this blah 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 then this will, and they're just long complicated sentences but when you read them out they don't really work and that's where they needed a bit more editing and a bit more finessing and i think audio really does make that stand out because when you can hear that a narrator is struggling to read your sentence or you can hear as a you know listener of a published audiobook that the narrator is struggling to read a sentence that kind of flags this needed rewriting a yeah. little bit you know and clarifying and stuff like that but yeah i i weirdly found that fern's sections seemed better uh, i mean maybe you know sarah did manage to tackle the difficult sentences um a bit more fluidly a bit you know perhaps um or yeah potentially there was an intentional decision to write drew sections a bit differently but i didn't think it was quite as as good
0: yeah i think, I think there might be like a character thing in there because you can kind of like the Imagine Drew kind of thinking a lot of himself and him right, yeah, yeah kind of like speaking to himself in like really long winded sentences mm. full of like mm-hmm. self importance. Where
1: yeah. um,
0: Fern is full of like more rage, kind of, mm. kind of like he's you know, there's some sections where she's kind of like really biting down on um, mm. on, on, kind of like what's happening, yeah. So I think that there might be reasons for the choices that the, the author's made. Mm. um there um the the next note that i've got is twists so how (laughs) how did you feel about the the numerous twists and how many of them did you get um and how many of them you didn't get kind of obviously not spoilering that stuff too much
1: yeah so i'll try and navigate that um yeah i think well one thing because we can easily not spoiler with the whole she knows about the affair yeah thing right because it's on the front cover yeah. <laughs> it's uh, in the blurb like we know she knows and yet a bit like i was saying about the whole murder thing it does feel like it's dragged out for a while implying that we're not supposed to know she knows yeah so that i felt kind of just dragged on for a while um twist that you only find out at the end when they start doing these flashback things i i did suspect and the associated um related to something terrible that drew does maybe isn't on a foundation of truth Mm -hmm. um if you've heard it you'll know what i mean if you haven't hopefully i've not spoiled it for if you do listen but yeah i i think certainly before it was revealed i had a feeling of that the very very end that sets up the next book yeah i didn't necessarily see coming
0: yeah he does they do set it up though they do, yeah, they yeah. do.
1: Um, I think again, you had a lot more character, kind of exposition and backstory than I would personally want. And again, the the repetition. I think it goes through this character's, um, you know, version of events but doesn't really add anything new to what you already knew yeah. it just reminds you of what you were told you know a handful of chapters ago um so that was a bit frustrating but yeah i mean i thought there might be something shifty i didn't necessarily land on that particular part of it so yeah there's there's a few i think a bit like the writing i f- i worry that some were maybe slightly more obvious than i'd like i kind of like some things to be a bit more you've got to you got to keep guessing but there was some genuine twist um, in there, um, whether that's kind of small things you don't necessarily expect are going to happen, or yeah, the bigger ones. What yeah. about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I think I saw some of the twists coming. There were definitely two or three where I didn't see coming. Um, there is kind of, especially to kind of like towards the end, um, there were a couple of mm-hmm. things where I thought, well, that this is the nat- natural like, end point of the story. Why is why is this? still continue. Oh, it's because like, this twist is coming <laughs> so, down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the, the corner. So there's like towards the end of the story for, well, this is like a natural end point was it's oh, okay. Because this twist is coming down. The thing mm. that kind of changes the way you kind of view certain things. And then also kind of some of um, the characters plans don't work out necessarily the way they think it will. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So, so that's kind of like a note. I'm not, not sure. So that's never necessarily a twist, but it's kind of like, Yeah, kind of. That was also kind of like quite interesting, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Something that you didn't necessarily guess to happen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, that's very fair. I know I spent quite a bit of time criticizing and kind of some editing notes, I guess, but there were some things that I did really like about it that I did want to say. So the first one that really stood out to me was the descriptions and kind of like. I don't know, character development or whatever, both from the side of like, yeah, creating a character that feels this way and from the side of just genuinely how it was written and presented. Fern's city versus country perspective I found really interesting. You know, I I liked how she talked about how, you know, people romanticize the country, but, you know, I kind of romanticize the city and this is what I loved about being in the middle of a city in Manchester and this is what I miss. And it was a real love letter to a city. Um, And I thought that was really nice. I really liked that. So yeah, I don't know if that flagged to you or if you like that or whatever. I
0: think like place plays like a surprisingly strong part Mm. in the story because obviously they've moved to this seaside town full of like country characters and both of them, when they move initially, kind of struggle with like the strangeness of the Mm. surroundings and kind of like how both of them are kind of used to having like noise in the background while they're sleeping and um, yeah. st- stuff like that. So yeah, and, and definitely did kind of get um, kind of juxtaposition of like how lively and um, mm. interesting Manchester is as a place and all, you know, all the conveniences and nightlife attractions and how quiet the place they move to is by contrast. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I, I definitely kind of um, uh, agree with you that it does, you know, Certainly, from Fern's point of view, she loves like Manchester, and this was like mm-hmm. kind of quite a big sacrifice for her to to move, mm-hmm. you know, move with Drew to this um other place.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one thing I didn't really see coming, more just because I think uh, it seems even more mad. You were talking about like the things Drew does is mad, but when you find out Fern's true motivations for moving. That also seems yes. absolutely mad. Yeah. Um, and why would you do that? And also very unfair on the other parties that she knows is involved. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was madness. But, yeah, and I think it's interesting as well with crime stories where you do kind of either you get the kind of gritty city crime stories, a police procedural kind of thing, or you have the kind of, you know, uh, it's a country village with, you know, a handful of people everyone knows each other's business and what's the dynamics there so it was kind of interesting here that you've got a book that's kind of set in those two different worlds yeah um and does really play on that kind of idea of in a city you can just be obscure and no one and you can very easily you know check into a hotel with with a a mistress and no one's going to know you there kind of thing versus uh yeah everyone knows who was in the pub on what nights is very different so yeah that was interesting and then the other thing i thought was interesting is like a bit at the end where they're talking about how um the media will represent this murder and stuff like that and i thought it was maybe a bit strange on fern's part to think that the entire country is going to be shaken um by this murder in a small cozy town given that yeah kind of the premise that every other as we've discussed crime stories set in a in a small country village is that murders seem to happen all the time yeah. <laughs> kind of thing you know and I really don't think it would make national news to the extent that she suggests so I'm not I didn't necessarily find that a good insight but I did really like the insight where she's talking about how the uh, papers are going to perceive her as the wife of the victim and kind of pretty partner devastated by my husband's murder was kind of I think one of the lines in there and yeah I thought that was a really interesting kind of uh, thing that she pulls out of there of it related to you know being the wife being a woman things like that and how the media twist things and play on things and how they might see it and I did find that that chapter where she's sort of discussing that and mulling on that and uh thinking how it's going to affect her and how she might i don't know use it or play up to it or play against it and stuff i kind of found uh, sort of yeah. interesting
0: yeah i agree with you there there's kind of with fern's story there's a lot of how other people will, will view her and mm, she's like kind yes. of really concerned with that so it doesn't kind of like surprise me that she would be like really concerned with like what the, the national press would be thinking of mm. her and like yeah so yeah that that was definitely kind of interesting that you know the, the tension there was was she going to be able to kind of you know keep to her plan and not fall apart and stuff like that so yeah I think that was definitely quite interesting yeah so is, is there any kind of other positive things that you wanted to to bring up
1: maybe but I think they were the two uh main ones on my yeah. list um but yeah definitely absolutely loved the narrations yeah. of both of them and yeah definitely think there was some good elements of this book but it, it was the the writing style and kind of both on a, a a line level a sentence level and also on that bigger kind of structural level of where have you put certain chapters and what information are you repeating and have you changed time here uh, enough or too much or whatever that I thought was maybe lacking i've come across another note here where i've written about like it sounds a bit like a thesaurus has been used too many times
0: uh, yeah okay
1: um, <laughs> i'm glad you agree because yeah there was kind of like um And I put my clothes here and pick up the garments and, you know, and it reminded me of Dave Gorman programs. Really funny. I'm a big fan of his. And one that he did, he did a game with his contestants that was kind of like uh, how in journalism everything has to have a synonym for it you know whatever in a newspaper whatever they're talking about it has to be referred to as something else and they kind of did like which ones can you come up with so it was like okay if you're writing an article about cheese what can you say Um milk food and The delicacy favoured by mice. And you know, you know what I mean? That kind of style that, um, that newspapers use. And yeah, I did find there was some in this where it's like, it's a book. You can just say clothes twice. It's okay. It's okay. And like, yeah, repeated words are a bit of a pet peeve of mine. But when it's things like that, when it's nouns and stuff like that, it just felt overwritten. You know, it was, it, it felt like, it needed a, a bit more finesse in the the writing of it so yeah that was just another example yeah. that popped out to me but you know i think this author daniel hurst you know i think relatively um, new in his career i think he's written a few other books before but obviously this kind of style and stuff will develop and things like that and i mean yeah there's already almost two more books in this series so the next one that yeah is teased by the epilogue of this one is already out, and the book three of this trilogy is coming out later this year. So who knows if it will have um, changed slightly on there? And I think there's some interesting stuff in the characters and stuff like that. I think it was slow at times, but because of that repetition or the ordering and stuff like that. And yeah, I have my own grievances with with the style of how it was written and wishing it left a bit more to be inferred or you know. A bit more polished or whatever, but still a lot of good and interesting stuff to come out of this one. And yeah, a great one to listen to in audio. I think both narrators did a fantastic job. And Sarah Durham especially I'll be looking out for more yeah. audiobooks that she's narrated, definitely.
0: Yeah. So I mean I don't really have much to add to I, I would say I really, really enjoyed this. I had, a I, kind of, I had okay. a I kind of had a like a great time listening to it. Yes, it is kind of like far fetched at points, <laughs> um bordering on like preposterous at times but it is i just yeah i just really you know all the flaws that you, you mentioned that they didn't bother me because i was having a That's good fair. time yeah. um listening to it it kind of good. i can really imagine this being like an itv thriller Got series mm-hmm. it's kind yeah, of like yeah. not necessarily like trash um thriller stuff but kind of a little bit higher end um than that but yeah i i kind of really enjoyed it i think he does Yeah, you know, a great way of it's, it's kind of like with characters as like if you met them in real life they'd be kind of like really hard to or maybe they wouldn't be really hard to like i don't know but kind of like the, you know, the some of the stuff that they do the, he still able to kind of engender a sense of sympathy while keeping in line that what these people are doing is absolutely horrid and horrendous <laughs> <laughs> to, to each other so yeah. yeah um i i had a really uh good time and i wouldn't um like, hesitate. In recommending people listen to it because yeah, I thought it was—I just thought it was fun. So yeah, 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 awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, any closing thoughts?
1: No, I think that's all good.
0: Cool. So um, yeah, once again, thank you to Jess from Bukatour mm-hmm. for um, uh, giving us a review copy. I have finally got around to setting up a uh, Patreon account for us so um i'll be kind of including that in the description to this episode if you can please donate that would be great we've got the link to our tip jar if you can donate money through there if that if that's what you prefer um you can uh, get in touch with us by emailing audiobookishpod at gmail.com and we are on our social medias at audiobookishpod um let's say bye poppy
1: bye bye